Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. And we've entitled the message, Small Things. And the scripture teaches us from Zechariah 4.10, it says, For who has despised the day of small things? In other words, he said, he's teaching us, do not despise those days when, when it seems like things are small in your life. The Amplified says, who with reason despises the day of small things or small beginnings? I know if you're beginning a ministry or if you're starting a company or, or a corporation, oftentimes we, we start off with a small group of people. You maybe just have just a, a handful of people or if, you're, or if you're starting a partnership, it may just be two or three of you that's starting that, that partnership. And so most things start in... in in a time where there, there is small things, there's small beginnings. But he says, don't despise those days. And one of the things that I've learned is that there's certain things that can happen in a small group that you will not be able to see in a larger group of people. Luke 16 and 9 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful in that which is much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in that that's much. So the Lord wants us to be faithful even in those small things, even in the small things that, that the Lord has, has began in our life. And I know you may find it discouraging, especially if you've done all the preparation. If you're starting a Bible group and you've done all the, um, the studying, you've gone to college or, or whatever preparation you've done, whether it's a Bible group or a, or a company, you have visions of this thing growing. You have visions of a, a large company, maybe becoming a corporation, or you, you have visions of this Bible study turning into a ministry that's reaching the world. But he says, don't despise those small things because there is a beginning that, that God is in control of. We, we learn from Matthew, the 14th chapter, that Jesus, in this particular scripture, he's preaching to the multitude. So we find a multitude of people in this particular verse of scripture, and it reads like this. It says, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the people away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they looked up and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. 
Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. So we learn from this particular scripture that there's a minimum of 5,000, but that's just the men. That does not include the women and all the children. And we know that both of these were there. So this could have easily been a crowd of people, you know, 10, 15, even more, 1,000 people. In, in this group that Jesus is ministering to. But we see in this large group, we see, we see a miracle where God, he's, he's healing the sick that are among them. And then we also see the miracle of the, the two fish and the five loaves of bread where Jesus fed the multitude. So this is a, a large group of people. We also know that there was a smaller group that, was, that Jesus was associated with, and that was the 12 disciples. In Matthew 10 1, it says, When he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. So we learn that in this group of twelve, Jesus had imparted into them, he gave them power. There was an impartation for them to have power against the unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness. So you see something phenomenal happening just in this group of 12. And then as we go on, we learn that there's another group in, in Jesus' um, association. In Matthew 17, we find that Jesus went up on what is called the Mountain of Transfiguration. But in this particular instance, we find that Jesus only took Peter, James, and John onto this mountain. So Matthew 17 and 1, it says, it reads like this. It says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to him, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, I have to say that I can kind of relate to Peter in this particular scripture. He's having a mountaintop experience. He's there with the Lord, and he sees that Jesus, that the transfiguration of Jesus into his glory, what that glorified body is going to be and look like. And then he sees the miraculous where he sees Moses and Elijah. And so I can imagine, I mean, he's just experiencing the presence of God. This is an awesome experience. And so Peter is saying, let us make a tabernacle. Let's just make three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, and let's just stay right here. And so I can understand that. I mean, I like the mountaintop experiences. I want to stay on the mountaintop. I want to stay where, man, you can just, you can just bask in the presence of God. It just seems like God is just right there with you. But how many of us, we can't stay on the mountaintop. That's a wonderful place to go. It's a wonderful place to be and experience that we don't stay on those mountaintops. But this experience could only happen in a small group of people. In verse 5, it says, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. 
And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. In other words, this voice spoke to the, the, the disciples and, and had to bring them back down to reality. They had lost focus. They're looking at tabernacles. They're looking at, at Jesus and Elijah and Moses. They had lost focus. But God spoke to, him, spoke to them and said, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. Hear him. Now, put your focus back on Jesus. We don't need to focus on that mountaintop experience. Thank God when they happen. Thank God when we're here. And yes, we want to bask in that, but we need to keep our focus on Jesus. And it goes on to say, and when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Amen. So our focus needs to be on Jesus. So as you learn from these scriptures, there were, there were miracles. There were things that happened when there was a multitude. There were things, there were impartations that happened when he had a group of 12. But then you find this phenomenal experience when there was only a group with Peter, James, and John where they go up into this mountaintop experience. Scripture says, don't despise the day of small things. Don't get discouraged when things become small because it's in those times that God can work phenomenal things in your life, in your ministry ministry, in your church, in your company. Amen. And so, and so the next example we're going to use is Gideon. We, we, you may be familiar with the scripture, but it comes from Judges, the sixth, um, the seventh chapter and um, the first verse. And it reads like this. It says, then when Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of, hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Sometimes we don't understand why God, we've, we've been on the mountaintop or we, we've, um, we, we've, we've preached to the multitudes or we've, our churches have just been, you know, a multimedia church. And now all of a sudden the, the numbers have decreased. I don't know about you, but I know here most recently within the last few years with all the things that's happened in our, in our market with, with the, um, the onset of COVID, you know, some churches have actually closed. A lot of churches, their uh, congregations have diminished. And so, you know, you've got a lot of pastors out there that are concerned because if you've got a major church, you've got major bills, and it takes people, and it takes finances to cover those bills. And, and so you wonder, you say, well, God, you, know, you brought me to this place. Are you still in control? Do you still know what's going on? God, because we need your intervention into all, all of these things, and we don't understand why God had had us in the multitude 
And now he's bringing us down to a small place. But God had a purpose for bringing Gideon's army down from a large group to a small group. And he tells us what that purpose is. He says, lest Israel claims glory for itself, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, if you have an infirmity, let's say you've got a headache and um, We've, we've got so common, especially in America, where we have just all kinds of medicines, and I'm not against medicines, but if you get a headache, you're like, well, let me go get an aspirin, let me go get an Advil or a leave, and let me go take an aspirin, and we take that, and in a little bit, our, our headache's better. We don't even think that we could pray and say, God, you know, just, just take this away, or when the headache is gone, whether you've used whether you've used the medicine or not, when the headache is gone, how many times have we said, Lord, thank you that this, this headache is gone? But we, we fail to even give God the glory in those small things because we think, well, I, I just took an aspirin. We don't even think about the fact that God has ministered healing into our life. So this was something major that was going on in Gideon's life. And I can tell you, sometimes God will put instances, he will bring things into your life that are bigger than you are. He, the, you'll, you will face infirmity sometimes that an aspirin's not going to heal. And you have to seek the Lord in those situations. And you have to seek his healing power. Because when God comes in and then he performs a healing that we know that doctors can't do, that we know that medicines that we have cannot do, and we see God work a miracle in our life, then we have to give God all the praise in all the honor and all the glory we can't say at that point well well I've done this and now I'm better or I took this medicine and now I'm better or I went to this doctor and now I am better but I am only healed through the through the stripes that Jesus bore so that God receives all of the glory for what that we're going through but he says, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. And he's, he's given Gideon instruction. He says, now, therefore, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 we remained so we know at the very beginning, Gideon is going out against this army. He's already calculated how many troops he's going to need. And you read from these numbers, he had a minimum of 32,000 soldiers in his group because he's already anticipated how big this army is that he's facing and he said, I need this many people. And so he started out with 32,000. And God says, that's too many. So then 22,000 left and only 10,000 remained. So that's, that's, that's two-thirds of reduction right there. But then the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, 
everyone who laps water, who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set him apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all of the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink the water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand, lest all the other people go, let all the other people go, every man to his place. So now the Lord has decreased Gideon again. He's, he's taken him down from 10,000 down to 300 people. That's a huge reduction of, of people in Gideon's army. And the Lord goes on to say, So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands and sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. And it happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. So the Lord's telling Gideon, with this small group of people, you started out with 32,000. Now you've only got this small group of people. I want you to go down against this, um, against the enemy. But verse 10, he says, but if you're afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. And when he went down with, his, with Pura, his servant, to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp, now the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels was without number as the sand by the seashore in multitude. So he's looking at this, this, this army that he's fixing to go against that's in the valley, and he says... There's so many people out here. There's so many, there's, there's camel. There's, there's so many, um, they're so numerous. It's like locusts. You can't even count the number of people that are in this valley. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the, tent, and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. So when Gideon heard that, he realized that even the, the Midianites, there were people in that Midianite camp that knew that God's hand was with, Midian, with Gideon and that God was going to deliver this, this enemy into Gideon's hand. <clears throat> Verse 15 says, And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. His confidence just soared when he heard what the enemy was saying about him. 
Then he divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pictures and torches inside the pictures. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets and they broke the pictures that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried out, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp. So they, they've encircled this, this camp of the Midianites. And the whole army... They're talking about the Midianites. The whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Bethachia towards Zerah as far as the border of Abel, Meholah by Tabeth. And so we learn from this scripture that when they when they um, when they when they broke the pictures, when they cried out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, and they blew the trumpets, the Lord set everyone against themselves. The enemy literally destroyed themselves. They came in on each other. They be, they became wild and and they became just just crazy and just began killing each other. So that Gideon did not have to fight. This whole army that he was afraid of. So God took Midian from a large company of 32,000. He kept bringing them down and he kept bringing them down to a small group of men to go against the Midianite army. Because he said, if I, if you, if you, if I deliver them into your hand with this 32,000 people, then Israel is going to claim all the glory and say, look what we did. Look what we have accomplished. But God had a purpose for bringing them down into that small group of people because they knew that in the natural it would have been impossible for them to go up against this huge army and fight and to not have been defeated. But when they, when they received the instruction from the Lord and the instruction from Gideon, God gave a huge deliverance into their hands. Amen. Don't despise the time of small things. Don't despise new beginnings that you have to start out small, and it may take you a while to get to where your vision is. Or maybe you're, you're in that multitude. You've already You've already, you've already achieved what you thought your vis, vision could accomplish, and then you see those numbers dwindling, and they keep going down, and they keep going down, and you begin to, 
to wonder, God, have I missed you? God, are you still in control? But let me tell you something. Sometimes God brings us down. He brings us to a small group. He brings us to things that we cannot handle in the natural so that we can realize that he is in control and that our victories come from him. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray with you today. I hope this word ministered to your heart and encouraged you. But I wanted to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, my shortcomings. Lord, come into my heart. I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to to get to know the Lord. We only do that by spending time in prayer and time in the word of God so that you so that you're you can grow as a child of God. Amen and God bless you.